Welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast with your host who put the nut in health nut, William Mitchell. Hello and welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast. I'm your host, William Mitchell. Last week, I took a look at the physical and mental aspects that social isolation has on a person. So if that applies to you or anyone you know, you might want to listen to that podcast. This week, since I am recording this on Halloween, I was looking for a good theme for it, and my wonderful wife had the idea of, how can you keep your skeleton happy and healthy on this Halloween? So, that's the theme I'm going with. First, you need to know that your skeleton, we always think of them as just old dead dry bones. Your skeleton is not dead. It is very, very living tissue, and it is always remodeling itself. As far back as 1683, Galileo found that the more someone weighed, the bigger their bones were. In 1892, a German scientist, Julius Wolff, found that if you change the amount of stress you put on a bone, it increases the bone strength. Now, normally, as humans, we add bone to our body up to about age 30, and then there's a gradual decline as we age. Now, there's a lot of different factors that affect how fast you add the bone and how fast you lose the bone. So what we're going to look at uh, is how can we slow the loss of bone or even add more bone after age 30. And I know some of you are thinking, well, why do I care? Because up to 50% of women and 30% of men will suffer at least one fracture of their bones, not because of any kind of an accident, just because their bones were too weak to hold them up and do the things that they needed to do. And in June of 2010, the current osteoporosis reports uh, journal stated that pharmacological treatments, that means taking the medicines alone, it is not sufficient to manage osteoporosis. So even if you happen to be on one of the medications for osteoporosis, that is probably not going to be enough to manage the osteoporosis. Now, once again, if you are on some kind of medication, do not change your medication without your doctor specifically telling you to do that. But what we're going to look at is things that you can do that will supplement whatever else you've been doing, whatever your doctor has you doing to maintain bone mineral density. And I know there should be no surprise to find out that the things that you need to do are you need to be active, you need to exercise, and you need to eat a better diet. I, I can't imagine anybody expecting anything else from this podcast. But anyway, let's get started. Activity. Men in professions that are um, physically active, physically demanding, have much thicker wrist bones than those men who have desk jobs. They also found that women who walk seven and a half or more miles per week, that's a total per week, have a greater bone mineral density than the women that walk less than one mile per week. Now, just as an aside, I have said on here plenty of times that you need to get in about 6,000 steps not to be sedentary. If you're getting in 
uh, over 2,000 steps, you're probably walking a mile per day. So if you get in a little more than 2,000 steps, that's seven and a half miles a week. So that's not a really high goal to aim for to increase your bone mineral density and decrease your chance of having an osteoporotic fracture. Well, what about exercise? Exercise has been shown repeatedly to increase the strength of bones. Now, some people would claim, hey, that's just because people who exercise are health nuts and they take really good care of themselves and they already had strong bones. Not necessarily. They looked at squash players, and I'm not a big squash fan, but it's a lot like tennis or some other sport where you, you hit a ball with a racket and found that the arm that they used the racket on was 15% greater bone mineral density than their other arm. So it had to have been the activity that was causing the increase in bone mineral density in the racket arm. Because, I mean, it's the same person. You can't have somebody that's half a health nut and the other half is not. Another thing for this is that, you know, this is not something that takes years and years to do. The changes in most of the studies that were done were found to be as much as 1% gain of bone mineral density in just eight weeks. So what kind of exercises do you need to do? You need to do weight-bearing exercises, load-bearing exercises. Walking seems to give you a minimal increase, but it does prevent decrease in bone mineral density, but that's mainly in the lower extremities. It seems that resistance training, picking up something heavy, is what you need to increase the upper body bone mineral density. Now, when I say picking up something heavy, heavy is a relative term. So if you're not used to picking up things, you start with picking up something light and then you gradually progress. And the more, the higher impact your lower body exercise gives you a greater increase in bone mineral density. Now, let me point out a few things. First, if you have weak bones, going out and picking up heavy things and jumping around is not a good idea you're going to cause yourself to have a fracture. So what you do is you start small. You start with walking. You start with picking up light weights and work your way up. And it's much better to do this supervised by an exercise professional who has the right credentials and right knowledge to tell you what to do so you don't injure yourself. The second thing you need to do is that small changes still produce good results. And finally, the last thing about exercise is there was one really large study. It found, you know, over a period of a year, only a 2 to 3% increase in bone strength. But because of your better muscle function and better balance, fractures were reduced by 50%. So whereas you see these medicine commercials, and they tell you all the negative side effects, the positive side effect of this is a greater reduction in fracture risk. Well, what about your diet? The average calcium intake of people in America over the age of 50 is well below the recommended daily allowance. And that's even including the fact that 50% of the people over 50 are taking a calcium supplement. A recent study of 61,000 women found that those with less than 700 milligrams of calcium intake total per day had the greatest risk of 
fracture. Now, I'm not um, giving you any kind of prescription here. If you want to take a calcium supplement or whatever, discuss it with your physician. But 50 of 52 studies did find that increased calcium also increased bone strength. Another big study just found that eating two extra servings of soft cheese a day reduced the fracture risk. In addition, fruits and veggies are high in bone-building ingredients and antioxidants. A large Canadian study found that an increase in fruits and vegetables led to a decrease in fractures. And a large Scottish study found that an increase in fruits and vegetables led to a decrease in bone reabsorption. Finally, it was found that people who adhere to the Mediterranean diet had the lowest rate of bone mineral loss and the lowest amount of osteoporotic fractures. And as far as what you need to drink, the Framingham Osteoporosis Study found that people had 5% less bone mineral density in their hip if they drank a cola daily compared to those who only drank one cola or less per month. And believe it or not, moderate alcohol intake can increase your bone mineral density 5 to 10% over non-drinkers. Now, if you don't drink, don't start drinking alcohol just to increase your bone mineral density because if you drink more than one or two drinks a day, it starts to decrease your bone mineral density. And last but not least about the diet, those who had the diets highest in candy and sweets had the lowest bone mineral density. So in conclusion, activity, exercise, more fruits and vegetables equals stronger bones, less chance of a fracture, and dramatically making your fitness funner. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If I've said anything that you thought was enjoyable or worth sharing, Please refer this to a friend so that they can have more fun in their fitness journey. Also, please remember to subscribe and like the podcast. As always, I'd like to thank One Accord for the bumper music and Paul Sink for the great intro work. And I hope you'll join us next week as we try to make fitness funner.